0: Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guest is director Robert Atatui, and we're talking about his brand new movie entitled Stand. Welcome to the show, Robert.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Pleasure it's, to be here.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I absolutely, absolutely loved this movie. I loved this movie. It, it is... It, it is it's so beautifully done, and um, the cinematography and everything. But it's so unique; it's a nice. unique film, and um, and I, I love that. I, so, so our guests know what we're talking about. You want to give a synopsis of what Stand is all about?
1: Uh, well, Stand is it's set in 1919, and it's uh, kind of a it's a, a story that's twofold. We're following this immigrant Romeo and Juliet love story, where these two people who are on really opposite sides of these communities in 1919 when we have in Winnipeg, literally uh, the uh, civil unrest that's going on. And there's this whole movement towards a general strike uh, for fair wages and uh, worker safety. And while all that's going on, we have these two people. One is a a girl who is Jewish and has recently immigrated. And then this young boy is Ukrainian, who's uh, recently immigrated uh, to Winnipeg from the Ukraine. And uh, here they are thrust together suddenly with this tumultuous time. And it's kind of like picking sides. Are you for or against and of course, their families are on opposite sides of the tracks, and quite a bit goes on.
0: Quite a bit does go on. Quite a <laughs> bit does go on. Yes. Well, it's it's um, the cinematography and the the uh, set design. I know. Did you film this on an actual set, or did you film it somewhere? And did you where did you film it? Did you film it in well, Canada?
1: W- well, we're really fortunate that we we shot the film in Winnipeg, so it's all shot in Winnipeg, where this general strike uh, happened, uh, where the entire city went on. Strike. And when I was brought the project, my first concern, because I knew we had a tight budget, was, uh, you know, how to recreate 1919. And as it turns Mm -hmm. out, Winnipeg is a city that has really preserved a whole historic district. So all those exterior scenes that you see with the crowds and the marching, all that, those, that's all there. Uh, On the interiors, we got luck. Some places, like there's a print, the whole sequence in a print shop, and we actually found a print shop that was active in 1919. It would have been the place where these flyers that they, they hand out were actually printed. So we got. Wow. The luck of, of filming in that actual place. And in some cases, we were inside old buildings, but we had to recreate, you know, the set within that structure. So, um, but for the most part, it's called this filming on location and redressing it to look like the time period.
0: Well, that you were lucky to be able to find that. And it's, it, it's beautifully done. And I mean, all those, different, the lighting of this film was what oh, I, I ta- yeah. talk. Yeah. Let's talk well, about the lighting because the yeah. lighting is just amazing.
1: Well, I was very fortunate. Roy our cinematographer I'd worked with him on a previous film and it was a wonderful collaboration and so when this project came along and I knew that it was going to take a lot to recreate that time and that feel and I knew Roy one thing Roy loves musicals so I thought okay this is great I've got a cinematographer who loves this medium but also is really good at creating a moody sense of lighting so when we started spending our time together and of course it also brings in the production designer as well because the three of us consult the color tones and all of that and uh, what we realized is that that for Roy, he's someone who really his lighting style is to say it comes out of the characters and and the the scene. He doesn't try to impose. So quite often he's using like a single light very creatively and creating those moods because you can see a lot of our scenes. We're in a, a warehouse, we're building, and uh, it becomes very moody and it's very hard to capture. And you know with the full color range that you see, and yet you know doing it with a single light. So um, we spend a lot of time discussing th- that feel that you see in there. And as I also when Roy light Arctic conversation is more about what's what's the intention in the scene, what's going on with the character in the mood, and then we work from that to let the lighting, and then even the camera moves, reflect that.
0: Well, it's just beautiful. It it It, it, it is. It's just, it's wonderful. It's a visual delight <laughs> to watch this movie, <laughs> and um, it, it, it is, I found amazing about it, well, the, the costumes, but it, it does have this really big production feel to it. Oh, yeah. it, it, it I mean, and that's what's so it's just just beautifully done. Now I I love musical theater. I I grew up doing musical theater. I studied in New York, and that's been my passion. And so this movie, uh, it, it obviously it's so well done. The music is so well done and and put together. Tell me about how this was based on a, another musical. Correct. Right.
1: That's right. Oh. Uh, Danny Shore, who wrote uh, the music, and uh, and then he and his partner uh, Rick wrote the, well, I guess they worked on the musical as well together, and then they wrote the screenplay. Um, so originally it was a stage musical that had done really well and, in Canada. And in fact, uh, during one of the uh, the early stagings of the production, uh, it was thought, this thing really could have legs and could go to Broadway. And uh, I think it was Jeff Goldblum was in the audience, and he was sitting next to Danny, and at the end of the, the play, it said to Danny, this is a big show, this has got to go to Broadway. So Danny investigated that, and they really that the cost of going to Broadway is more expensive than shooting a movie. So some people said, you know what, Danny, why don't you work on getting the movie done? That'll really take it to another level. And then, you know, think about Broadway. And that's what happened. So we, we took this wonderful play. It had 18 songs. So we had to really, you know, cut back on the number of songs and, and convert it into, like you know, a film style. Um, and as I said, and th- the wonderful thing now is that they've taken the play and restructured it to look more like the movie, which is interesting now. that uh, mm. so, so the new play, uh, it's a really... A really new revamped version is now getting ready to come out. Uh, ahead. you know, of course, you know, COVID came along, so that changed a lot of our plans. But once things pull back uh, and are safe again, that's the plan: is to take to now take it back uh, as a Broadway show.
0: Wow, are you are you involved in that in the production of the Broadway well, show, <clears>
1: Robert? <throat> at, at this stage, uh, I'm not in, directly involved with the Broadway production. There, you know, because as I say, they're using what we did with the film to restructure the play. So I'll be in some consulting capacity involved, but you know the stage is a a different medium again. And so, uh, so it's too early, you know, until we get to, you know, like I said, COVID has really slowed everything down, including as you know, the film release, everything's been slowed down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's why it's
1: hard for me to say you know what where we're gonna end up you know with with the, the Broadway thing I mean it's doing so well for audiences who are watching it now is you know it's playing virtually across the country and it's expanding which is weird when you say expanding because theaters aren't open really and uh, but more and more virtual theaters are adding us to their list and so um, it's really interesting rolling out a movie during this time it's a very different experience
0: yes <laughs> very different <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, very different and I don't know you know even when Things begin to open up, and it looks like perhaps in the fall is a reasonable guess that we'll get some semblance of um, normality uh, back into our lives. But um, how that will all look for everybody, I don't think anybody has a crystal ball anymore.
1: No, no. I mean, that's a whole other conversation about just what our film industry is going to look like in another year because, uh, you know, everyone's got wild predictions. And, uh, you know, as a content creator, I'm always excited because I say it doesn't matter. We'll show our movies wherever you want us to, but you know, we'll still be creating stories.
0: Yeah, I mean the creative <coughs> process that doesn't stop just because it's, most of the world has you know. In a way, it's, it allows you to go inward and to continue that creative process if you're writing something and you know uh, during this time period. I think people. What, what's really been interesting is to se- see the ingenuity that people have come up with during this time period. A lot of you know again the virtual theaters and all of this. Sundance starts today, and it's going to be all virtual, and um, you know the virtual <coughs> film festivals, and it's sort of interesting, you know, just to see. How that unfolds, and to see what we decide to incorporate as yeah, later on, yeah, you know, yeah. whether we're certain things that seem like they're better this way, you know, in some ways. But I'm a big believer that movies need to be seen in the movie theaters. I say yeah. this
1: constantly,
0: <laughs> and this is a movie that definitely needs to be seen on a big screen. Um, but you know, many people have big screens at home now, so it's a it's a great one to to do that. So um, people can see it everywhere right now. I want to talk about the casting because. Mm two leads, uh, the young Romeo and Juliet of this film, are, are just uh, just beautiful to look at, but also incredibly talented, and the gentleman who plays the father. So let's talk a bit about the casting and, and these young
1: people uh, and Yes, the father. <laughs> well, yes. Well, I mean, uh, of course, we, we knew that we had to have a wonderful Rebecca. I mean, she's this young woman who really brings the story together with her uh, strong passion for the cause. And yet her, you know, independence, which is so interesting to have a love story for a very strong, independent woman and what takes her uh, Stefan, the young boy, to become in- involved in this relationship. So uh, I always knew uh, Laura Wiggins from the show uh, Shameless, and I was a big fan of it. And uh, so I knew early on that she was someone I'd love to-, to work with. And the thing is, I didn't know she uh, could sing. So when I spoke with her manager and found out she could sing, I was like, OK, well, that- that's a game changer. Let's you know. So that that happened very. Very quickly, and our our search for Stefan, who plays the young boy uh, love interest, you know, he, he is from Winnipeg. And it was really interesting because he's from uh, that series Glee, and and I was a fan of Glee, and I did not know he was from Winnipeg. So uh, it was so fortuitous. He had decided to leave L.A. and come back to Winnipeg. Because he just wanted to get back with family and spend some time after Glee had ended. And we found him. We're like, we actually found him at, via LA. But it was like, wow. you're right, you're right here because... <laughs> You know, I, I you know, I live in LA as well, so I came to uh Winnipeg to do the casting sessions and uh, we were like, wait a minute. Yeah, we we're all confused. We were like, what do you mean? The guy from we he lives here, literally lives here? He's like, Yeah, yeah, he lives in Winnipeg. <laughs> so that was just fortuitous. That's you know yes. that's what happened. you took the word loved, out of
0: my mouth. That's what I was right? gonna say. Fortuitous, and, yes. And, and we
1: loved him. Then of course finding the the fellow who plays his father, Mike Sikolowski played by Greg Henry, who is just an amazing actor. And uh again it was a case where people thought doesn't he usually play like sort of nicer people he has this wonderful smile and you see him you know so charming and you know the role he plays now is this hard uh living father who's tough um and you know has prejudices and as you see in, in the story and he has a real arc and a journey to go through um as he tries to keep uh his son away from this girl greg just brought this amazing uh character to life. And again, he's a great musician. A lot of people didn't know that about him. He, he plays with his own band, he tours, he's uh, recording an album, I think presently. I mean, so uh, it's, a, it's very interesting to when you're doing a musical and you have to also find people who can, uh, you know, sing and uh, you know, realistically sing. I mean, you know, we see musicals where people, either they're dubbing their voices, you know, there's no dubbing here, it's all them doing the songs. So we're really fortunate when, you know, he became available to us. And, uh, and so that's kind of how we found it, each other.
0: That's a Amazing, and they all are. They're just, and they're, you know, just they're all excellent in this film. uh, That the young, you know, the the young couple. I mean, they're just their chemistry is so uh, palpable and uh, lovely. This film is so timely, though. I mean, here it is set in 1919, but here we are in 2021, and um, the the subject matter of the film is very pertinent today. Did you go ahead?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I said no. You're so right, and it's interesting. Because that becomes more and more on my mind. I mean, when the screenplay came to me two years ago, I when I read it, I had no idea yet that it was based on a musical written 15 years ago. So I thought that they had written this, you know, based on what was happening with you know the Trump administration and, and all the current reality here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a the character of AJ Anderson who is this sort of mean-spirited uh, businessman who's manipulating the whole scene and manipulating government. Uh, and I thought and his, some of his speeches. They're still in, in the movie. Uh, oh, I thought, okay, we'll do this sort of riffing off of things that we've heard. You know Donald Trump say, and then it turned out mm-hmm. that no AJ, who's a real person, had said these things. You know in 1919. And I thought, my goodness, wow. history really repeats itself. Uh, you know all those things about uh, you know wanting to ban immigrants and changing the laws so that uh, they couldn't uh, protest. All those things that was all 1919. You know even like in, in I, and I I think when people see the, the movie, there's a whole thing where AJ uh, is on his typewriter and he sends out these messages. That are going to be printed in his the newspaper that he controls, and uh, it was very much basically you know like Trump's Twitter feed, and right. uh, and and that wasn't unintentional. I mean, I thought this is really kind of fun to play with, uh, but the but the other reality is just that you know we've come to a place, and you know maybe you now we've slightly turned a corner. Remember when we were making the movie, we didn't know how things were going to turn out in terms of the the election and these things, but we really uh, you know this is a point where society was really being pushed apart. You know, from immigration issues with. Uh, uh, a white supremacist movement was happening in that time period. Uh, we have the character of Lisa Bell, which we can talk about, or uh, Lisa Bell's character of Emma, who is this uh, young black woman who'd come up from o- Oklahoma because of all the violence in Oklahoma that blacks were experiencing and had immigrated up to Canada. And so, you, in a sense, you have all those issues of race and uh, equality, you know, uh, the immigration issues, all were happening at that time, 1919. So now, today, as we're being confronted by all this, I thought, my goodness, this movie movie, you know, you know, which is imitating which, art or life, and yeah. um, and on the set, the actors really felt that, you know, um, the sense of, we're doing a movie that's so right now in the zeitgeist, and um, you know, now I, I do feel good to see, you know, where it's, I, I think there's hope right now, and this movie tries to leave you with some of that too
0: Yes, 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 definitely I, I, was, I was blown away by that, you know, and you're right, here we are you know, 1919, and you know I'm sure 2019, it was exactly the same thing, you know, yeah 2021, and as yeah. you know, it's it, it, that's what blew me away. I thought, wow, I wonder when they, when they wrote this, were they were they writing it during this period of time with what's going on currently? And it, so it's so refreshing to hear that no, this was actually things that were said at that time, yeah, um, by real people. So it this doesn't change, does it? You
1: yeah, know? yeah. No, even the placards you see, uh, people that are are waving when they're opposing the immigrants, and it says, you know, this is a white country only. Uh, these are all placards we found from 1919 I mean, it was like wow you know it looked like some of those marches like in charlottesville you know the same kind of thing going on it was like amazing uh you know but i i think we're growing i mean i think we this was a watershed moment and, and um and i hope you know another hundred years from now we're not saying oh my goodness you know it's repeating itself again i, I feel there is something happening and i think movies like this I'm hoping, and my goal with the movie, is that it, it gets people to, to find a conversation around this and uh, to be able to say, oh, yeah, that, there's a reflection of what we were doing, even though it's 1919, we're still doing it, and I hope that conversation leads people to say, is that how we want to be? Uh, can we be better? You know, And, um, and it's a musical, so you know, I think that helps people to have that conversation, because there is a certain amount of entertainment in it, um, so we're not just forcing it on you. You know, it doesn't feel like we're just on the bully pulpit. It's actually, uh, um, you know, it takes you in, as you can see, you know, you're involved in these characters and their love story and, and hopefully people identify and go, yeah, I, I get that. I have friends who are on different sides because you hear about right now, how many families are experiencing where even within the home, you know, the, the father and son aren't talking or the, the mom and the dad aren't talking. I had this experience recently with a couple We where uh, a couple of years ago we were on vacation and uh, they were on opposite sides of this whole political spectrum. And it was like, wow. Uh, so people need to be able to have a conversation and be whole again.
0: Let's hope. You know, it, it is interesting. I have – we can go off on politics here, but I've had conversations with people just recently, actually, about I've never seen such divisiveness in my entire life. You know, I mean, we've had, these issues are there, and, yes, they're coming to light. And I think that's – if there's anything from what the last, you know, four years have been about, it has been to shed light on these deeper issues, these that's us that we have as a, yep. as a, as human beings, as a country, you know, the systemic racism, everything it's, it's, it's bringing things to the light and it only can, we can only change when we look at it. Yep. You know, otherwise we're pushing it down and, and not, being aware that it's actually there. So I think that's the positiveness of all of it that
1: mm-hmm.
0: you bring it to light as this movie does the same thing <laughs> with the, with the characters and that we can, you know, begin to work on that. If we're willing yeah. to, but you know, I have lost friends during this time period. Again, it's mm-hmm. been just like we just have opposite <laughs> thoughts, and it's yeah. just like I can't really talk to you, or we just don't talk about you know what's going on in the world and, and continue the friendship. But I've had others that you know we just said, yeah got apart. <laughs>
1: yes <Yeah. laughs> So
0: which is a, but also you know there's the I the, love the. Of the wife of the protagonist, the villain in yes. the film, you know. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, and also about the woman. This is the beginning of the suffragette, well, not the beginning, mm-hmm. but certainly in the middle of the suffragette yep. movie, movement was going on at that point, too. So we have everything going on in this film, oh, you know. Oh,
1: well, absolutely. Well, Helen Armstrong, uh, who was one of the people in the story leading uh, the strike effort, She's a real character, Helen Armstrong, uh, you know, spent many days in jails. She really fought for this cause and other women's causes. And so we really wanted to put her front and center, and I was really happy about that. And, you know, in a sense, you contrast her with, as you say, AJ Anderson's uh, wife, uh, the, the evil uh, protagonist and uh, antagonist. And he and it's interesting, because I don't want to give away, you know, like where things end, but... Uh, but it's interesting to see these two different women and they are both strong women, but in very different circumstances and, you know, one married to the guy who, you know, is the evil villain, but you know, her evolution as a character and how she evolved was really important. So you're right. This story takes on a lot of different, uh, tones, um, as well as I say with the immigrant issue and also uh, indigenous issues, which, you know, mm-hmm. are finally, are finally coming back to the forefront, you know, here, uh, in well, in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, and when we we're doing this story, I mean, this this is sort of taking a sideways uh, look here. But uh, when the script came to me, there was no characters of color in the script. There was, uh, you know, th- there was no black maid, there was no indigenous people, or any of that was in the story. And so when I read the script, although I loved it, I said to Danny, the writer and producer, you know, it'd be really interesting if we looked at the times. I think you're going to find that there were a lot of people of color involved. Back then, unfortunately, because of bias, the camera always focused basically on the white leading characters of the day and, you know, and upper class and, and, and all that. So uh, as we went into the history books, we were sure enough able to find all these stories of the immigrant experience of people of color and particularly indigenous people and their involvement uh so the character of emma which lisa bell plays and now sings the lead song stan uh you know was invented because of the fact that we realized that all these black folks from oklahoma had come up uh to the manitoba winnipeg you know region and so we included her story and then we also looked at the fact that indigenous people were very involved uh in volunteering for the war world war one and so when the soldiers came back from war there was all these indigenous soldiers uh, who had fought and uh, they came back. And once again, they were treated as second class citizens. So that character of Gabriel came out of those discussions. And I think that's just so important to recognize, you know, uh, the plight of the indigenous people then and now. And um, hopefully this story does some justice to that as well.
0: It, 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 it does. not I was, and I was happy to see that you did have, uh, you know, a, uh, uh, a black character, you know, yes. in this film, um, and indigenous character also because it does, you know, well, again, it's all about immigrants too in this movie. Yes. For some reason, I think we in America believe that, uh, Canada is much more open and, uh, less prejud- prejudiced than we are here. Is that a true, uh, statement or? Is- no, no I, I used to
1: think that. Too, and it's so funny because you know I grew up in Canada and uh, went to you know I grew up went to university there and then I went to uh, the states uh, and I'd often in those early days when I was here in the U.S. telling people oh Canada is a wonderful place because you know there's so much less discrimination and all that but I've really come to I guess maybe as an, as an adult grown up look at it and and see it more for what it is uh, and when it comes to the treatment of Indigenous people Canada has a terrible track record uh, it is trying to do things now I mean it's it's kind of waking up to what it is done and trying to admit that Uh, but also on on the issue of uh race when it comes to the black and brown folks um lots of discrimination i didn't feel it as much uh because i'm a person of color and i uh i didn't it's funny only more recently uh about 10 years ago talking with my father my father was the first black person to move into uh not only the city but that part of canada where we lived and he was one of the first Africans. My dad's from Nigeria. So he's one of the first Africans oh, wow. to settle back then in, uh, in the nineteen late 40s, right after World War Two. So, um, but my dad told us a story about how, you know, we, he intentionally had us living in a neighborhood that was kind of a mixed Eastern European neighborhood, because in the white Anglo-Saxon neighborhood, we would not have done well. And I didn't know that. So as a kid, I didn't really recognize how much prejudice was around me. My dad just sort of wanted to shield us from that and let us, you know, be raised and just feel good about ourselves and not confronted as much so it's only later in life that I was like oh you know things weren't probably as, as nice as I thought but my dad was you know keeping us away from it and which I think ultimately it was a good thing um... You know, I mean, you do need to face certain realities, but at the same time, uh, it allowed us to, to grow up, you know, in a community that was much more accepting. And that, that, that kind of
0: yeah, That's a blessing. Uh-huh. Robert, yeah. it's, um, our time is up. It's been oh, so wonderful yeah. having you on the show. Everybody go find Stand. It's out there, right? You, and you yes. can get it just about anywhere.
1: Yeah. If you just go on, I think it's something like if you go wwwstand something. Uh,
0: it's there <laughs> it's there you'll I, find it uh, you'll I find recommend it. it go find it it's a wonderful film and, and you can watch it with the entire family so I wish you much success and it's been a pleasure having you on the show
1: thank you so much it was real fun talking with you you too Robert you too All thank right. you
0: You can listen to The Jam Price Show whenever and wherever uh, at TheJamPriceShow.com, where all my shows are archived. Also, anywhere you get your podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You can like us at The Jam Price Show on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Jam Price Show. Thank you for listening. Jam Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jam
1: Price Show, all about movies.